Letter thirteen of the Burrow by George Crabbe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Letter thirteen. The Almshouse and Trustees. Do good by stealth and blush to find it fame. Pope satires there are a sort of men whose visages do cream and mantle like a standing pool and do a wilful stillness entertain with purpose to be dressed in an opinion as who should say i am sir oracle and when i ope my lips let no dog bark shakespeare merchant of venice sum felix quis enim neget felixque manebo hoc quoque quis dubitet tutum me copia fecit the frugal merchant rivalship in modes of frugality private exceptions to the general manners almshouse built its description founder dies six trustees sir dennis brand a principal his eulogium in the chronicles of the day truth reckoned invidious on these occasions an explanation of the magnanimity and wisdom of sir dennis his kinds of moderation and humility lawton his successor a planning ambitious wealthy man advancement in life his perpetual object and all things make the means of it his idea of falsehood his resentment dangerous how removed success produces love of flattery his daily gratification his merits and acts of kindness his proper choice of almsmen in this respect meritorious his predecessor not so cautious leave now our streets and in yon plain behold those pleasant seats for the reduced and old a merchant's gift whose wife and children died when he to saving all his powers applied he wore his coat till bare was every thread and with the meanest fare his body fed he had a female cousin who with care walked in his steps and learned of him to spare with emulation and success they strove improving still still seeking to improve as if that useful knowledge they would gain how little food would human life sustain no pauper came their table's crumbs to crave scraping they lived and not a scrap they gave when beggars saw the frugal merchant pass it moved their pity and they said alas hard is thy fate my brother and they felt a beggar's pride as they that pity dealt the dogs who learn of man to scorn the poor barked him away from every decent door while they who saw him bare but thought him rich to show respect or scorn they knew not which but while our merchant seemed so base and mean he had his wanderings sometimes not unseen to give in secret was a favourite act yet more than once they took him in the fact to scenes of various woe he nightly went and serious sums in healing misery spent oft has he cheered the wretched at a rate for which he daily might have dined on plate he has been seen his hair all silver white shaking and shining as he stole by night to feed unenvied on his still delight a twofold taste he had to give and spare both were his duties and had equal care 
it was his joy to sit alone and fast then send a widow and her boys repast tears in his eyes would spite of him appear but he from other eyes has kept the tear all in a wintry night from far he came to soothe the sorrows of a suffering dame whose husband robbed him and to whom he meant a lingering but reforming punishment home then he walked and found his anger rise when fire and rushlight met his troubled eyes but these extinguished and his prayer addressed to heaven in hope he calmly sank to rest his seventieth year was past and then was seen a building rising on the northern green there was no blinding all his neighbour's eyes or surely no one would have seen it rise twelve rooms contiguous stood and six were near there men were placed and sober matrons here there were behind small useful gardens made benches before and trees to give them shade in the first room were seen above below some marks of taste a few attempts at show the founder's picture and his arms were there not till he left us and an elbowed chair there mid these signs of his superior place sat the mild ruler of this humble race within the row are men who strove in vain through years of trouble wealth and ease to gain less must they have than an appointed sum and free men been or hither must not come they should be decent and command respect though needing fortune whom these doors protect and should for thirty dismal years have tried for peace unfelt and competence denied strange that o'er men thus trained in sorrow's school power must be held and they must live by rule infirm corrected by misfortunes old their habits settled and their passions cold of health wealth power and worldly cares bereft still must they not at liberty be left there must be one to rule them to restrain and guide the movements of his erring train if then control imperious check severe be needed where such reverend men appear to what would youth without such checks aspire free the wild wish uncurbed the strong desire and where in college or in camp they found the heart ungoverned and the hand unbound his house endowed the generous man resigned all power to rule nay power of choice declined he and the female saint survived to view their work complete and bade the world adieu six are the guardians of this happy seat and one presides when they on business meet as each expires the five a brother choose nor would sir dennis brand the charge refuse true twas beneath him but to do men good was motive never by his heart withstood he too is gone and they again must strive to find a man in whom his gifts survive now in the various records of the dead thy worth sir dennis shall be weighed and read there we the glory of thy house shall trace with each alliance of thy noble race yes here we have him came in william's reign the norman brand the blood without a stain from the fierce dane and ruder saxon clear picked 
irish scot or cambrian mountaineer but the pure norman was the sacred spring and he sir dennis was in heart a king erect in person and so firm in soul fortune he seemed to govern and control generous as he who gives his all away prudent as one who toils for weekly pay in him all merits were decreed to meet sincere though cautious frank and yet discreet just all his dealings faithful every word his passions master and his tempers lord yet more kind dealers in decaying fame his magnanimity you next proclaim you give him learning joined with sound good sense and match his wealth with his benevolence what hides the multitude of sins you add yet seem to doubt if sins he ever had poor honest truth thou writest of living men and art a railer and detractor then they die again to be described and now a foe to merit and mankind art thou why banish truth it injures not the dead it aids not them with flattery to be fed and when mankind such perfect pictures view they copy less the more they think them true let us a mortal as he was behold and see the dross adhering to the gold when we the errors of the virtuous state then erring men their worth may emulate view then this picture of a noble mind let him be wise magnanimous and kind what was the wisdom was it not the frown that keeps all question all inquiry down his words were powerful and decisive all but his slow reasons came for no man's call tis thus he cried no doubt with kind intent to give results and spare all argument let it be spared all men at least agree sir dennis brand had magnanimity his were no vulgar charities none saw him like the merchant to the hut withdraw he left to meaner minds the simple deed by which the houseless rest the hungry feed his was a public bounty vast and grand twas not in him to work with viewless hand he raised the room that towers above the street a public room where grateful parties meet he first the lifeboat planned to him the place is deep in debt twas he revived the race to every public act this hearty friend would give with freedom or with frankness lend his money built the jail nor prisoner yet sits at his ease but he must feel the debt to these let candour add his vast display around his mansion all is grand and gay and this is bounty with the name of pay i grant the whole nor from one deed retract but wish recorded to the private act all these were great but still our hearts approve those simpler tokens of the christian love twould give me joy some gracious deed to meet that has not called for glory through the street who felt for many could not always shun in some soft moment to be kind to one and yet they tell us when sir dennis died that not a widow in the borough sighed great were his gifts his mighty heart i own but why describe what all the world has known 
the rest is petty pride the useless art of a vain mind to hide a swelling heart small was his private room men found him there by a plain table and a paltry chair a wretched floor-cloth and some prints around the easy purchase of a single pound these humble trifles and that study small make a strong contrast with the servants hall there barely comfort here a proud excess the pompous seat of pampered idleness where the sleek rogues with one consent declare they would not live upon his honour's fare he daily took but one half hour to dine on one poor dish and some three sips of wine then he'd abuse them for their sumptuous feasts and say my friends you make yourselves like beasts one dish suffice any man to dine but you are greedy as a herd of swine learn to be temperate had they dared to obey he would have praised and turned them all away friends met sir dennis riding in his ground and there the meekness of his spirit found for that grey coat not new for many a year hides all that would like decent dress appear an old brown pony twas his will to ride who shuffled onward and from side to side a five-pound purchase but so fat and sleek his very plenty made the creature weak sir dennis brand and on so poor a steed poor it may be such things i never heed and who that youth behind of pleasant mien equipped as one who wishes to be seen upon a horse twice victor for a plate a noble hunter bought at dearest rate him the lad fearing yet resolved to guide he curbs his spirit while he strokes his pride a handsome youth sir dennis and a horse of finer figure never trod the course yours without question yes i think a groom bought me the beast i cannot say the sum i write him not it is a foolish pride men have in cattle but my people ride the boy is uh, harkee sirrah what's your name i jacob yes i recollect the same as i bethink me now a tenant's son i think a tenant is your father one there was an idle boy who ran about and found his master's humble spirit out he would at awful distance snatch a look then run away and hide him in some nook for oh quoth he i dare not fix my sight on him his grandeur puts me in a fright oh mr jacob when you wait on him do you not quake and tremble every limb the steward soon had orders summers see that sam be clothed and let him wait on me sir dennis died bequeathing all affairs in trust to lawton's long experienced cares before a guardian and sir dennis dead all rule and power devolved upon his head numbers are called to govern but in fact only the powerful and assuming act lawton too wise to be a dupe to fame cared not a whit of what descent he came till he was rich he then conceived the thought to fish for pedigree but never caught all his desire when he was young and poor was to advance he never cared for more let me buy sell be factor take a wife take any road to get along in life 
was he a miser then a robber foe to those who trusted a deceiver no he was ambitious all his powers of mind were to one end controlled improved combined wit learning judgment were by his account steps for the ladder he deigned to mount such step was money wealth was but his slave for power he gained it and for power he gave full well the borough knows that he'd the art of bringing money to the surest mart friends too were aids they led to certain ends increase of power and claim on other friends a favourite step was marriage then he gained seat in our hall and o'er his party reigned houses and land he bought and longed to buy but never drew the springs of purchase dry and thus at last they answered every call the failing found him ready for their fall he walks along the street the mart the quay and looks and mutters this belongs to me his passions all partook the general bent interest informed him when he should resent how long resist and on what terms relent in points where he determined to succeed in vain might reason or compassion plead but gained his point he was the best of men twas loss of time to be vexatious then hence he was mild to all men whom he led of all who dared resist the scourge and dread falsehood in him was not the useless lie of boasting pride or laughing vanity it was the gainful the persuading art that made its way and won the doubting heart which argued softened humbled and prevailed nor was it tried till every truth had failed no sage on earth could more than he despise degrading poor unprofitable lies though fond of gain and grieved by wanton waste to social parties he had no distaste with one presiding purpose in his view he sometimes could descend to trifle too yet in these moments he had still the art to ope the looks and close the guarded heart and like the public host has sometimes made a grand repast for which the guests have paid at length with power endued and wealthy grown frailties and passions long suppressed were shown then to provoke him was a dangerous thing his pride would punish and his temper sting his powerful hatred sought the avenging hour and his proud vengeance struck with all his power save when the offender took a prudent way the rising storm of fury to allay this might he do and so in safety sleep by largely casting to the angry deep or better yet its swelling force to assuage by pouring oil of flattery on its rage and now of all the heart approved possessed feared favoured followed dreaded and caressed he gently yields to one mellifluous joy the only sweet that is not found to cloy bland adulation other pleasures pall on the sick taste and transient are they all but this one sweet has such enchanting power the more we take the faster we devour 
nauseous to those who must the dose apply and most disgusting to the standers by yet in all companies will lawton feed nor care how grossly men perform the deed as gapes the nursling or what comes more near some friendly island chief for hourly cheer when wives and slaves attending round his seat prepare by turns the masticated meat so for this master husband parent friend his ready slaves their various efforts blend and to their lord still eagerly inclined pour the crude trash of a dependent mind but let the muse assign the man his due worth he possessed nor were his virtues few he sometimes helped the injured in their cause his power and purse have backed the failing laws he for religion has a due respect and all his serious notions are correct although he prayed and languished for a son he grew resigned when heaven denied him one he never to this quiet mansion sends subject unfit in compliment to friends not so sir dennis who would yet protest he always chose the worthiest and the best not men in trade by various loss brought down but those whose glory once amazed the town who their last guinea in their pleasure spent yet never fell so low as to repent to these his pity he could largely deal wealth they had known and therefore want could feel three seats were vacant while sir dennis reigned and three such favourites their admission gained these let us view still more to understand the moral feelings of sir dennis brand footnote six for the almshouse itself its governors and inhabitants i have not much to offer in favour of the subject or of the character one of these sir dennis brand may be considered as too highly placed for an author who seldom ventures above middle life to delineate and indeed i had some idea of reserving him for another occasion where he might have appeared with those in his own rank but then it is most uncertain whether he would ever appear and he has been so many years prepared for the public whenever opportunity might offer that i have at length given him place and though with his inferiors yet as a ruler over them End of letter thirteen.